0: Is this thing on?
1: Are you ready, Matt?
0: You're listening to Box Office Vin Juice with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks.
1: We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you.
0: We know each other. He's a friend from work. Family. Can do this all day.
1: You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box Office Bingers, the podcast where we just talk about movies, just have a good time. Just two guys sitting in a chair, just just chit chatting as we always do. Uh Ernesto, what can our listeners enjoy to listen to today?
1: Uh, we are going to be reviewing The Devil All the Time, starring Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, uh, narrated by the author, uh, Donald Ray Pollock, Robert Pattinson, man, just a, a whole great, just a, a lot of people. In this. It's a great cast, great cast. Full-star uh, cast, yeah. Yeah, directed by Antonio Campos, also written by Antonio Campos and Paulo Campos. Uh, really excited to talk about this movie this week.
0: Uh, yes and before we do all that of course we're going to hit you with some news. Also it's the end of the month Ernesto you know what that means. We have new to streaming to talk yes, about. We're so going to yes, give you guys is. all the new things you can watch in the various streaming services. All that is coming up but as always we got to talk about some news first. And so Ernesto I'm not sure if this has come to any surprise to you. I know uh, we were actually talking about what uh, we were talked we we're talking about with this, hold on, let, let me restart that again. We were talking to Hadas about this last yeah. week about the Arrowverse. There you go, got it out there. Um, and now, as soon as that, you know, we were talking about her and how she was watching the Arrowverse and all that, the CW shows, the CW made an announcement of one of their own saying that they are canceling Supergirl with its upcoming sixth and final season. Obviously, with with covid, there are certain filming delays that were happening. So the, the show is currently being filmed or the, the six seasons currently being filmed right now. And then the final season will be starting in sometime in twenty twenty one. And so, Ernesto, is this any shock to you that they are canceling a show? And it doesn't look like they're ending it like Arrow. They ended the show like they decided collectively that we're going to end after nine seasons. But it looks like this is the first CW superhero show to actually get canceled.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was in like I've I've watched the, the the earlier seasons and it was good. I enjoyed it, but I mean, if it's coming up on six seasons, I mean, it probably seems like too soon, but it 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 actually almost seems like the right stopping point. Like how like how much more story? I mean, I'm sure she has a slew of villains and storylines that she can collect on that they can shoot on, but. Maybe it's good not to drag it out, you know, maybe it can just be an echo in the universe, like we've told the main blocker her stories, maybe now she can just come back for um you know appearances and other shows and other universes
0: right, right um yeah, i mean i I'm not too i mean uh, I was trying to figure out like why, and I looked up some of the reasons some they didn't really give a reason of why this show is cancelled, but some speculate that this simply there was a good stopping point for the show. Maybe it was a collective decision, like, you know what, this show has run its course, like you were saying. Others assume that it was a decline in the ratings. Maybe the show was doing, wasn't doing was doing well as some of the other superhero shows. Um, others speculate that with the upcoming new series Superman and Lois, which is also set to come out next year, um, there is no need for two shows to focus on the Superman franchise. So maybe as one show exits, the other one kind of uh, enters. Which all of that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it just seems like it's probably a combination of all three things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like
1: it, all those all three of those things make that just makes a lot of sense.
0: right. And so it's it's kind of interesting to see like a, to me when I think of CW now, I think of the superhero shows. So for me, it's kind of shocking to hear that like, the show that is currently in rotation is finally – not finally, but, like, one of them is actually leaving, which kind of just showcased, all right, you lost Arrow, you lost Supergirl. Maybe there could be a transition with, this, with the network of, all right, maybe we're trying to flush out some of these other superhero shows to bring in new content that's not superhero-related.
1: Yeah, and – Maybe it's even more interesting that it ended before The Flash since The Flash started before Supergirl.
0: Exactly, yeah. So obviously The Flash is still like their biggest, like I guess their most viewed show after everything.
1: And I'm not totally – like I kind of – I have started watching this past season on the one that's airing on Netflix and I, yeah. I haven't really gone back to it. But it's one of the only one. It's the only one that I've kind of kept up with out of all of them. Between all of them, that's probably the one I keep up with the most.
0: Yeah, like like I uh, stated earlier or last week, like I feel like if I if I'm gonna go in it, I have to be committed to all the shows, yeah. and and it's 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 very daunting. It's like and also like we've always said <laughs> yeah. this on the show, it's like uh you know there's so much other things to watch. That yeah. doesn't require that much homework.
1: So. Exactly. <laughs> but I totally get what you mean because, like, I think when I started watching them, when I started getting into them, I was like, well, if I'm going to – like, I I was right there with you. I was like, man, I'm going to have to watch all of this and which all of that. Like, I want to get the complete story. Like, I don't want right. to feel like I'm missing – I don't want to watch something and feel like I'm missing out on something just because exactly. I didn't. I didn't want to watch it in the order it came out in.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, you know – just talking about the MCU. You know, can you imagine if you've never seen any of the movies before and you're like, Oh, I like Iron Man. I'm just gonna go to Iron Man one and then two and then three and then you're like, Oh no, 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 you can't do that.
1: <laughs> <You> gotta... <laughs> Does not make sense like that? No, it <laughs> gotta... doesn't
0: <No>. <laughs> You, you gotta, gotta throw watch, it in the rotation. Exactly. You gotta watch the in betweens too. Have you heard of the Avengers? He's in that too. He, that's, that's before three. <laughs> then he makes a brief cameo in, in the Incredible Hulk. So you gotta you gotta keep up on that one. And it's like, oh no, I'm done. I can't I can't keep up with all of this. You need the complete picture. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I guess if you, I guess it's not really that daunting if you were kind of just like watching it week after week, cause it's kind of like in your viewing rotation. And so with that, if you keep it along with that, then I guess it's not that big of a deal. But if you, as soon as you kind of fall off for one season, you're done. You gotta, exactly. you gotta commit to something or commit or gotta go back in the saddle. It's, it's a very daunting task, but other, I mean, I can see myself doing it eventually, but not anytime soon. Yeah.
1: It's there. I mean, they haven't, ana- they haven't announced that it's going anywhere. So right. <laughs> it's safe to say you got some time in case you want to pick it up later.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then also, uh, I mean, this I know this is different, but like different monies and so on and so forth. But uh, a couple of the rumors are saying that maybe uh, like Warner Brothers is trying to focus their DC content over to HBO Max instead of the CW, which they ha- where it has been living this whole time. So a lot of people are speculating that this could be the first of many potential shows to kind of like get the boot off the network and then they've already announced a Goth a gotham pd show based on matt reeves batman most recently they announced that uh john cena is uh coming out with a new series with uh, uh from his character from james Gunn's suicide squad uh called the peacemaker so like that movie's not even out yet and they're already starting a series based on his character from uh, from a movie we have never seen. So exactly. obviously HBO Max is starting something, and maybe they want to start something new. And it's the same thing with Marvel Television. You see all the shows on ABC and Netflix. They're all gone, and they're just focusing on Disney+. Plus. So we could be seeing a shift in how we watch superhero content coming in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything – I mean, we've seen it happening with the movie theaters and the, the premium video on demand – like everything is just shifting over to what the new medium is going to be. And a lot of it is in some streaming service in one way or another.
0: Right, exactly. So time will tell, as always, when we hear news like this and see what happens next. Uh, moving over, we we're just talking about it Disney Plus. Move over to Disney. They made a couple of big announcements this week. And, Ernesto, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, Disney Plus is developing a Nick Fury TV series. That's coming on the streaming service, and we'll we'll bring back Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, as well as Kyle uh, Bradstreet, one of the writers of Mr. Robot, will be serving as a writer and executive producer for the show. So how does how does that make you feel? What is it like, uh, you know, with Nick Fury coming back, having his own story, as a TV series on Disney Plus. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it's gonna be like a like an like espionage thriller, you know, more or less. And have you ever seen Mister Robot?
0: I've only seen the first season. I never caught back on the rest of it. Yeah,
1: uh, it's pretty trippy. I, I really, <laughs> enjoy, I, I really enjoyed it. Like parts of it, I'm like, man, I'm so confused. But... <laughs> I like, <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like, I'm so confused. I like it. I, I like, it. I like, I like. There's I, like, I got to think about it. I got to figure out what's going on. Right. Um, So the writing – I enjoyed the writing on that show, so I'm curious to see what they're going to bring. Plus, like, what rating is it going to be? Is it going to be more of the PG-13? Is it going to be more geared towards kids? Is it going to be kind of like that weird middle ground with, like, the movies are, like that PG-13, but it's kind of okay for, like, older kids? You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I I feel like my big question and a lot of the questions that I've been reading online was, like, where – is this show going to take place? Nick Fury has been all over the MCU. Like we've seen him in, you know, in the 1990s with Captain Marvel. He's been at the very beginning of all the Marvel movies. Uh, So like he has his own history. So are we going to get a movie that kind of takes place after the events of Endgame, or are they going to pick a story within from the MCU that we already know? Or is this somewhat of an origin story for Nick Fury? I mean, it's, who knows? I mean, which one of those would you rather see?
1: I mean, but if they do an origin story, then it has to – then there has to be a lot of de-aging involved. That's true. Did mm-hmm. you think? So maybe – it's got to be something somewhat current yeah. just for practicality. I mean, or unless – I mean, we don't know. I mean, I don't know. It depends on what direction they go or they maybe they just do really good makeup to make them look younger.
0: Yeah. Uh, based on – like what I would like to see, honestly, is based on what happened at the end – of uh, i'm not going to spoil it here but what happened at the end of uh man far from home i would like mm. to see like in the end credit scene i would like to see them go off of from that and kind of maybe launch what happens after that end scene
1: or maybe if it's a series it's if it since it's going to be a series maybe it's something like each season fills like a certain gap within the universe
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: so maybe like oh maybe this season one is like right after winter soldier or mm. season you know season two is like maybe season two is like a prequel I, don't, I mean i don't know they could there's a lot of different ways and variations they can take with that so it'd be curious to see what kind of directions they go uh
0: absolutely and like you said like with uh the you know producers and writers for mr robot that's a very weird show it definitely feels like they're going along the espionage route of it all so yeah. I will be curious to see what his mind come up, especially with Disney Plus, because, like, Disney Plus is not like a hard-R uh, situation. Fashion. They they are more of like a – it's a little bit funny, but this might be more of a serious show. So we'll see what Disney Plus is trying to put out. I with Since this is just announced, we're probably not going to see this for a while, I yeah. can assume. Yeah, we're probably a little ways away. We're still excited for WandaVision to come out before the end of the year. So. Yeah.
1: And or we could be completely wrong, and it's like this really dark R-rated thing, like Netflix yeah. style
0: show. Yeah, Disney's uh, Disney's trying something new, something yeah. dark. Yeah. vengeance. Oh wait, vengeance. no, no that's <laughs> <the same. laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong one, wrong one. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, either way, I'm excited for Sam Jackson yeah. to return uh, as Nick Fury, and also I believe. This is this would be the first time he's in a, a TV series, Sam Jackson. I think he's been in movies. I could be wrong with that, but I think that's, this is the first time he might be, you know, doing a long form story.
1: Without uh, checking the IMDb, I mean, I don't know. There could have been something he did in his early career.
0: That, that is very true. But I, I tried to think that, like, I think all of this stuff was just mainly. Give me,
1: give me two seconds, and two I two seconds. I'm, two seconds. Let's see. For... Let's go. Let's let's go way back
0: way back into sam jackson's career i remember when IMDb he was movie, in
1: his his first imdb credit is together for days he played a character named stan in 1973 and then he you know, he did a tv series called moving on
0: uh how long how long was this a cameo or just like was he there for a while
1: Oh, he was an he was an uncredited patrolman in one <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs>
0: maybe didn't count as much.
1: Oh, <laughs> he, he, did a, he did some TV he did some TV movies. Um, lots okay. of TV. Oh, he was on a TV series called Spencer for Hire. He played Ned. He's credited from 1986 to 1987.
0: So okay, so he might have been there for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe I remember
1: him. I think from his earliest career, from what I remember him from, is coming to America. When you, you ever seen that movie?
0: Oh uh, no, but I, I know that he's in it. I haven't seen it though. I heard it's very You've funny.
1: You've never seen *Coming to America*?
0: I'm sorry, I have not. All right,
1: we're just we just need a we just need a we need to move on. <laughs> that's, I, I know, that's, a whole, that's a whole separate conversation. Know, <laughs> the
0: sequel's coming
1: up. <laughs> it is. So so you know what? We're gonna have to we make you to
0: see it. Have to watch it. it. Yep. <laughs> um. But yeah, so so looks like he maybe started out his career in, in TV or maybe some featured characters in TV. But most recently, he's been known for uh, some of his his movie work, obviously. So either way, we'll we'll see him in a starring role soon, at some point, eventually in the future. Who knows when? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other big announcement that Disney released this week was that they are developing a sequel to the live action photorealistic adaptation. Of the Lion King, because you know we were all begging for that movie. <laughs> I still have yet to see it. Oh, good for you! You did a... The
1: animated, the animated one is like literally one of my all time favorite
0: movies. And so, why didn't you not want to see that movie? Like, well, the- I, didn't, I
1: didn't. I don't know. I just I I didn't have any interest, and I didn't hear I didn't hear good things like right out the gate. So I was yeah. like, well, I don't want to ruin the original animated one for me. That's fair. I mean, but but eventually I'm going to have to see it. Um I, I It's I, it's on yeah. <laughs> the list eventually. It'll, eventually. it'll eventually get watched.
0: <laughs> it's not going anywhere on Disney Plus, so I I think if if as long as you have Disney Plus, you have the option to watch it and I guess that's all you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um but yeah, so they're developing a sequel to I think to my surprise is that John Favreau, who directed the first film, is not coming back to direct the sequel. And instead, it's Barry Jenkins, who directed the award-winning film Moonlight, as well as If Beale Street Could Talk. So with that director, that's, to me, now like, wait a minute, this sounds interesting. For an award-winning director like that to come on a project for Disney to, to create... And he's known for making African-American films. So like the fact that he's now making this one has my intrigue a little bit. Um, Jeffrey Nathan, Jeff Nath Jeff Nathanson, uh, who wrote the first film is expected to write the sequel as well. And the film is expected to further explore the mythology of the characters we know and love, as well as explore Mufasa's origin story. That I don't know if the cartoon sequel has explored. So with that information, does that make you more inclined or at least interested in watching the sequel?
1: Um, it's gonna be interesting because it sounds like it's gonna be different because the second one, if I remember correctly, is where it's like one of the one of the new one of the new lions who's been outcast, I think his name was Kovu. He tries to come and he meets Simba's daughter and they yeah. be, and they get together or something. It's some something along those lines. So interesting. Yeah, so so are you gonna maybe like a little bit of Mufasa's back backstory,
0: a little bit of Scar's backstory? Maybe. Yeah, I like I'm I'm intrigued. And the same yeah. I have the same intrigue as I was when I watched the first movie, which was like man, when I tell you I was disappointed when I came out of that theater after the first Lion King, like I wasn't expecting much, but like I've been I've I'm not the biggest fan of the live action Disney movies because I just feel like it's a retelling and there's not much to mm. offer i liked aladdin because it felt a little bit different it's the same beats but a little bit different
1: well they had some new songs they had like new yeah. songs you know jasmine had her whole new you know dance thing at the end right it was a little different it was it was there were there were it was like a different flavor it was a exactly different flavor
0: and i liked how will smith wasn't trying to imitate robin williams he brought his own yes. flair to the character yes so 100%. of the genie so like there was some like you no, know, you can look forward to seeing something new when you're in the theater. But with The Lion King, it's literally beat for beat the same movie. And that's what turned me off about it. Also, like when you the photorealism, in some cases it could be great. But in this case, those animals look too real. So like when, <laughs> like emotion starts, you know, when the when you see, you know, you know, the the very famous scene where Mufasa is being you know, trampled by the antelope and you, they zoom in on Simba's face. They zoom into a real lion's face and or a little Lola cub. And you're like, Oh wait, is he, is he sad? Yeah, no, I think he's sad. I know he's <laughs> supposed to be sad. <laughs> oh, sad. oh, is he sad? Oh, I guess that's what a sad line looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, I wasn't feeling the same emotion as I did in the cartoon because obviously they're animated. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with this movie. I the the big intrigue sounds here. Different. Yeah, it, it sounds different. New director, different approach. Uh, so I I, I am definitely intrigued, especially if it feels like it's going to be a brand new movie and expanding the Lion King franchise. So that I'm excited for, but everything else, not so much.
1: Yeah, at first when you explained it out, because at first I just thought it was gonna be like a retelling of the second movie. Right. At least knowing that it's something different, at least is there something more to offer there? So that's good to that's exactly. good to hear.
0: So there you go. There's your news for this week. Uh, not not terribly too much things happening, but there you go. Uh, but now we're gonna go over to the moment I know Ernesto has been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. For Oct for this month, or I guess for October's new to streaming, and we're going to tell you everything that's well. We're going to give you the highlights of what you can expect coming to the various streaming services in October. <clears throat> get my get my voice ready here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's start with Amazon Prime. They've teamed up with Blumhouse Television to give us four separate films under the banner Welcome to the Blumhouse. This is actually only half of the deal they made with Amazon. In 2021, Blumhouse will be releasing an additional four films to add to the collection. So a total of eight horror films coming from between Amazon and Blumhouse. But for now, we're only going to get four uh, four of these films this month. On October 6th, Blockbox Box and The Lie will be released, followed by Evil Eye and uh, Nocturne on October 13th. All of these films look pretty interesting after reading the Bible. There's a few or just the two that really got my attention um, is Black Box is one of them, uh, which follows a single father. And after losing his wife and his memory in a car accident, he undergoes an agonizing experimental treatment that causes him to question who he really is no so there's like that a psych,
1: like a psychological thriller that sounds kind of good yeah man.
0: exactly and then uh then the other one that sounded interesting this one out of all of them sound the most interesting in my opinion and it's called uh let's see i just lost my place here uh here we go and uh and then the other one i found intriguing was evil eye which follows a superstitious mother who is convinced that her daughter's new boyfriend is a is the reincarnation of a man who tried to kill her thirty years ago. Okay, think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounds intriguing. I'm like, all right, so another another psychological thriller sounds like in that aspect as well. Uh, so if, you, if any of those you know sound interesting to you, you can catch those films like I said on October sixth and October thirteenth. So, uh, a total of four films coming out of Amazon, which is a lot in my opinion streaming service they don't typically bring out a lot of new original films like that um on october 30th you can catch nick frost and simon pegg as they team up once again in a new original series called truth seekers and follow a team of part-time paranormal investigators who use their homemade gizmos to track the supernatural as they share their adventures online As their haunted stakeouts become more terrifying, they begin to uncover an unimaginable apocalyptic conspiracy. Uh, Are you a fan, Ernesto, of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and the movies they come out with?
1: Yeah, like one of my like one of my top favorite movies is Hot Fuzz. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like that's a great movie. That one and um, uh, the zombie one
0: oh Sean of the Shaun dead of the dead
1: Sean of, yeah. of the dead great movie. i I loved both of those
0: i i, and I liked him.
1: him i liked him in star trek like he's a great actor simon Pegg's a great actor
0: no he is he's actually in the boys as well right yep yeah, he yeah. was
1: in the first he's he is in the first season
0: first season yeah, yeah 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 um so yeah i i like them i'm not sure if i'm gonna like gravitate to the series but i mean i'm i'm a fan of this duo so anything yeah. they come out with sounds to be pretty good um also, if you're looking to catch some of the older movies you might have missed that came out last year, you can see Terminator Dark Fate on October 9th as well as the final season of Mr. Robot. We were just talking about that on October 6th. So uh, where did you leave off, Ernesto, on that?
1: I don't even remember. And that show is so trippy that literally if I wanted to go back and watch it, I would have to go back to the very beginning Really? Yes. <laughs> to, under, to, to like really understand everything. Like I remember some of the big – some of the big reveals
0: so, yeah
1: um, but there's there's it's so intricate and everything's so tied together like it's one of those you really have to pay attention the entire time
0: yeah i totally agree with that i remember like the big like twist in the first season i remember that but that's that's it i don't remember anything else that happened in between and, and that just, was a good one it was a too. good
1: one that was a really good twist and i was like damn you really got me like, yeah
0: exactly like, yeah, and yeah. uh it's um it's a show it's like you know it's kind of like a nolan movie you really got to pay attention correct 100 percent. you gotta you gotta watch it because like you can't like i feel like it's like a full hour of like just staring at the screen to make sure you didn't miss anything like okay. you gotta you gotta pause it hold on
1: let me see then i you gotta like think about it did i really understand those last 10 minutes i gotta at least go back at least five yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure i got it sure and then, he, like, and then it happens again. Did I get it? Not really, but I got to move on. All right. <laughs> Damn it. I just got to keep moving. I got to keep going. I'll get I'm gonna, it later. I'm going to watch a YouTube video later explaining everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to watch the episode by episode breakdown explaining what I just saw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving over to Hulu now. <laughs> uh, they are also offering a slew of new horror content, starting with them releasing two original films this month. On October seventh, you can watch *Book: Books of Blood*, which goes on a journey into uncharted and forbidden territories through three tales tangled in time and space. Dun dun dun! *Books of Blood*. Uh, Sounds like a very like very like old school campy title. The *Books of Blood* of terror. And- books of blood. <laughs> Anyway, October 7th, if you're interested in that, Um, as well as on October 23rd, you can experience Bad Hair, which follows an an ambitious young black woman in the 1950s who gets a weave in order to succeed in in the image-obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career may come at a great cost when she realizes that her new hair might have a mind of its own. Boom. Boom. There it is. Uh, so more horror content for you this October from uh, from both streaming services, uh, which comes to no surprise. I mean, everyone's itching for new horror content, especially with the theaters and all these movies being pushed back. You're probably not going to get them, you know, this year in the theaters. So the streaming services are providing that for you,
1: especially you. I know recently you've been talking like you've really wanted to dive into some horror and thriller content for the month of October. Yeah. Like, I, you almost engulf yourself in anything yeah, know, you can right? get like, your hands on. Give
0: me all of it. <laughs> I <laughs> want to be scared. <laughs> be, I'm feeling spooky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, it it's a genre. <laughs> it's a genre that I'm not familiar with, so I kinda want like, you know, the month of October seems like a good time to maybe hit some classics, experiment some of the new ones. Some of the some of the movies and shows I might have uh you know overlooked. I kinda wanna give it a shot this year. So that's kinda I, th- I think anybody who listens to this
1: should send Matt recommendations of what he should watch.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like give me some horror content to to, to kinda go down. You can as always email us at, at box office bingers at no I'm sorry. Box office bingers at gmail.com. That's,
1: You're that's you were thinking
0: it's the it's the Instagram. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But also speaking of Instagram, you can also follow us (laughs) underscore bingers and DM us with also recommendations as well. So we are obtainable is what we're saying. You can reach us. And uh, right now hit us up. I'm feeling spooky. So give me some recommendations (laughs) for sure. Uh, Speaking of spooky content, Hulu is I think I think Hulu is calling it Huluween. As their huh, as the content stuff is happening, um, on October second you can watch Monsterland, which is an eight part anthology series in which the bio reads: Encounters with Gothic beasts, fallen angels, and werewolves. Broken people are driven to desperate desperate acts in an attempt to repair their lives. Ultimately, showing there is a thin line between man and beasts. So. That is an anthology series if anyone's interested in that. And, and on October 16th, you can start Hellstrom, which is based on Marvel characters but not taking place inside the MCU. And it follows Damien and Ann Hellstrom, who are the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. The siblings have a complicated dynamic, uh, have a complicated dynamic as they track down the terrorizing worst of humanity. Each with their attitude and skill. Um, This this story is very interesting because it was supposed to be taking place within the MCU. It was under the Marvel Television banner before they kind of uh, you know Disney and Marvel kind of took away that um, that um, oh that that uh, that branch of of, of Marvel. So they uh, so this show was still in production it was filmed, so they still want to release it, so they gave it to uh Hulu and I think it was maybe it was supposed to be on ABC but they gave it to Hulu and and I guess they're just, just doing it that is. I don't know if this is I gonna get a second season. They might just be pushing this out because it was already made.
1: I just but with the whole why why not just have it connect why not just have it be connected to the universe? Like what what's the harm in that? Why disconnect it? Like I just I still understand, like, now that they own everything, I mean, do they not, well, I mean, do they not own all those characters? But no, Hulu is no, no, a part yeah, of, the, yeah. Hulu is a part of them, so yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't get it, I don't get it. I
0: don't no, get I it. totally agree with you, like, if you already made it, like, you know, like, keep it keep it consistent, you know, just just bring it out. Uh, my thought is maybe it's too dark for the new branding they want to go for, Um, it does, I saw a little bit of the trailer, it does look like it has more of the adult vibes maybe they're trying to just stick with the disney plus shows and that's it they don't want to associate themselves with it so i don't know but like another marvel show within hulu i enjoyed watching the runaways i didn't see the final season but that i liked the runaways so another hulu show like this could bring something new i don't know if this is just a death wish for this new show because it doesn't with the direction of where disney and marvel is going it doesn't sound like that this is going to get a second season
1: yeah, but they need to re keep exploring the dark characters like they did in the Netflix, like they yeah. did in all the Netflix shows. Like, The Punisher is probably one of the best – probably – well, it's between Punisher and Daredevil. Those are probably yeah. the ones that outshine out of all the Netflix shows. But they need – they still need to explore those dark and gritty characters. Like, right. I would love to see another season of Punisher –
0: I would love to see – I think at one point it was going to happen, but then they canceled it. But Ghost Rider was in development for Hulu, and I would have loved to have seen a Ghost Rider show. Yeah, that would have been
1: awesome. And it was going to be the guy who played him from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.,
0: right? Yes, yeah, yeah. They're going to bring him back. So, like, I don't know why we just can't have two separate. I mean, they were kind of doing fine with it on Netflix. Like, look, you have your dark and mature shows, and you have your shows that can live within the movies. Like, I don't know why we can't have both. Um. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know why we're doing that. But either way, uh, we digress. And so also on Hulu, you can catch uh, classic movies like Blade 1, 2, and 3, House of a Thousand Corpses, Snakes on a Plane, and Superbad. So you can see all those movies and more that will be available to stream at the beginning of the month. All right, now moving on to Disney+. Plus. Now, to no one's surprise, Disney is not really offering much of new scary content this month compared to our other streaming services. Uh, but they are releasing the show that we've been all been waiting for, Ernesto. The Mandalorian Season 2 is coming out. It drops October 30th. I know you and I are excited to see what, what happens next to Baby Yoda.
1: You mean the the child
0: the child yeah i mean the internet is just calling it baby yoda this call is called <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: um, maybe we'll finally learn about his species
0: yeah i know right i think that's kind of like the one of the bigger questions what are you excited to see like what do you want to see most come out of season two like do you want to learn more about like the mandalorian culture or who the new bad guy is or more about baby baby yoda Where, where's where's uh where's your thoughts on Not that a
1: I want to see, I want to learn more. Hopefully, like I was just saying before, like learning more about his species. But also, I want to spend some time with uh, Giancarlo Esposito. You know, he came in at the end of season one, and I mean, he's always great in every in everything he does. For if you haven't, if you don't recognize the name, he was the, one of the bad one of the main bad guys in Breaking Bad. He was Gus. He was also in Better Call Saul, re, reoccurring that same character. Um, He's great. He's actually in the season. He's actually in this season of The Boys as well. Oh, that's like, right. He's great. He's great. I always, everything I always see him and I always enjoy. So I'm sure whatever role he's gonna be playing in this season it's gonna be good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know that this was one of the only shows that I was watching week to week last year. Like, and I'm sure there was other. There's, I'm sure there were others, but like this was the most memorable one. Like, as soon as Disney Plus dropped, we were all like all of a sudden onto this new show that we all gravitated towards. So I might be doing the same thing. It might be a week to week for me on this show when it drops at the end of the month.
1: I haven't decided yet. I don't know. I'll 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 decide when I see the first when I see the, the season opener, be like, yes. Do I want to wait week to week? <laughs> and it's not even like whether it's good or bad. It's just whether or not you wanna you wanna be you want to deal with the suspense of right. having to wait of sitting on you know things that happen week to week.
0: Right, exactly. Um, so we will see what happens. Uh, I'm All I know that I'm excited for it. That, that's yeah. the main thing. That's like kind of the highly anticipated shows of the year uh, for me, as well as some of the other shows like The Boys and, you know, the one we haven't – I haven't started yet anyway. Um, on October 9th, you can start the new series – you can start the series premiere of The Right Stuff – Disney Plus teamed up with National Geographic to give us a brand new scripted series that follows U.S. fighter pilots that are recruited to test experimental aircrafts and rockets to become first Mercury astronauts. This is a TV adaptation of Tom Wolfe's book of the same name. If this story sounds familiar, well, this is the same story as the Oscar winning winning film of the same name the right stuff from director philip kaufman and starred ed helms dennis quaid scott glenn and sam Shepard. did you ever watch that movie no have you no i haven't seen it either but i, I heard some good stuff about it. i think the movie's three hours long it's a pretty long movie um, it's almost an irishman and I... <laughs> almost a full irishman there yeah i need to appreciate that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so I guess this is just another retelling of, of the story and the, and the real-life events. And so I saw the trailer. Looks really good. So I am excited to see what that is all about. Uh, Disney is also releasing a new film this month called Clouds, which tells the story of a young musician who discovers his cancer has spread, leaving him with just a few months to live. With limited time, he follows his dream to make an album – Unaware that it will soon be a viral music phenomenon. So this is also based on a true story, and so I don't know what. Who, I'm not. So this is interesting. Disney kind of telling the story. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm interested in that. And along with those original new shows and movie, you can catch Maleficent on October 1st, X2 X-Men United on October 9th, mm-hmm. and The Sorcerer's Apprentice on October. 30th, So there's a couple of new movies that are coming out on the streaming service. <clears throat> Switching over to HBO and HBO Max, you can catch the theatrical premieres of Downhill. I know, Ernesto, you wanted to see that, the new Will Ferrell, Julia. Uh,
1: well, I did until, oh. until you gave me your review on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I was like, well, I don't know if I do want to see it, but I guess I guess now I can at no at no uh, at no, no. loss to me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's October third is when you have that option to view it on HBO if you so inclined to do so. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You can you know, see it for yourself. It's not that long. It's like an hour twenty.
1: Uh we we have very similar tastes That's for the for true. the most for the most part. We have. Yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple of movies we disagree on, but more just or less, <laughs> just a little bit. Just yeah. so. I don't
0: know. We'll see. we'll see. Maybe,
1: maybe, maybe you'll hear my review sometime this coming month.
0: Maybe. Uh, you can also see the film adaptation of the musical Cats is coming on October. Can't 10th. wait. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mark in the uh, calendar. Yeah,
0: there you go. October tenth, 10-10. ten. Don't forget it. Uh, you can watch Emma on October twenty fourth. You remember my experience with Emma? I saw in the theater with my mac and cheese.
1: Correct. <laughs> yes. Who could forget?
0: <laughs> the review of the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pulitzer surprise.
0: <laughs> you can see that on October twenty fourth. And Black Christmas, which is a horror ish movie. Uh on October 31st. I think that was released last November as well. So you can see that on Halloween. Uh Netflix is debuting a bunch of new documentaries, including David Burns American Utopia. Director Spike Lee documents the former Talking Heads frontman's brilliant and timely 2019 Broadway show based on his recent album and tour of the same name. So basically this is HBO taking a page from Disney Plus putting a popular Broadway show onto their streaming service. Um and especially with director Spike Lee behind yeah. it, uh that obviously has my intrigue already. Based on I don't even know anything of the of the Broadway, but you put Spike Lee's name in and I'm like, "All right, you have my attention."
1: You have my attention now. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> um on uh yeah, so you can on October 17th So I'm sorry. You can see that. You can see American Utopia on October 17th. And on October 21st, you can see the documentary film Five Thirty Seven Votes is what it's called and follows the international custody battle over six year old Elena Gonzalez triggered a a political earthquake in Miami-Dade County in the year 2000, swaying the outcome of the presidential election after Election Day. With the margin of victory hinged on Florida, George W. Bush won the presidency with a mere five hundred and thirty-seven votes.
1: Interesting. I remember.
0: You remember that? Yes. Yeah, so well,
1: I, re- I-, I mean, like it's not like I remember like beat for beat. I was like <laughs> yeah. I was a child, but I remember <laughs> I remember the event of the that election being like a really big thing.
0: Yeah. So apparently, according to this documentary, it hinged on a six year old girl. Um trying to over a custody battle. So I think this documentary explores the parallels and what was going on. It sounds interesting.
1: Especially yeah, that's what has my interest.
0: Yeah. It's it's kind of in our backyard almost because yeah. Miami D County's not far from Orlando. So I'm like, okay, this happened in Florida. So I guess I also
1: grew up I also grew up there. I oh, was right, right. in I was in that area
0: during yeah, when that. It was time, happening. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, you can catch that on October 21st. HBO will also debut a new original series called The Undoing, which stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. And the bio simply reads, life for a successful therapist in New York begins to unravel on the eve of publishing her new or her first book. So not much to go off of that. But if you like Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, you can see that new series. Uh, So there you go. That series will... Come out later this month. I forgot to write down the date. Um, So, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, Exclusively coming to HBO Max, the streaming service will be dropping a bunch of new movies starting October 1st, like Dirty Dancing, Hairspray, Lethal Weapon 1 through 4, Malcolm X, The Matrix Trilogy, The Fan of the Opera, and all of the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, all available for your pleasure on October 1st. So if you're looking for some old classes, you can catch those. I know, Ernesto, was, I was listing them off earlier this week, and you were like, ooh, I like all of those.
1: Yeah, all those. And then there's so many more. It's like, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's
0: a, lot, there's a lot more I didn't mention. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. for sure. I just gave you some of the good highlights there. Highlights. Yeah. Highlights, there you go. <laughs> uh, on October 8th, you can watch the new HBO Max original film, Charm City Kings, which follows a 14-year-old boy who re- who desperately wants to join the Midnight Click, an infamous group of baltimore dirt bike riders who rule the summertime streets so that sounds you know maybe not up my alley but you know to some people i I think i saw a little bit of the trailer it seems interesting i guess
1: yeah sounds like very outsiders like the
0: warriors yeah you know
1: teenage gang type type deal
0: yeah definitely up that wheelhouse and um excuse me on october 22nd HBO will H- HBO Max will premiere their new four-part documentary series called Equal, which will pay tribute to the epic origin stories of the LGBTQ plus movement and captures the gripping and true backstories of the leaders and unsung heroes who changed the course of American history through their tireless activism. So that sounds, sounds really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds interesting.
0: Definitely. Um, So that's all that's coming to HBO and HBO Max. And lastly, finally moving over to Netflix, there's a slew of new original films coming out, including Hubby Halloween or Hubie Halloween on October 7th, which is the new comedy mystery film starring Adam Sandler. This is his uh, deal that he struck with Netflix to keep producing all of his movies and Happy Gilmore Uh, is is happy is happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his go production, films. Yeah, yeah. His production company pretty much signed a, an exclusive deal with Netflix. So a lot of his original con, or little, original movies that he's produced is kind of kind of living on Netflix right now. So this is another one. And did, did you watch any of them? I think it was like, uh, I think one of them was Mystery Party with Jennifer Aniston. And then he came out with another one uh, called, he did another one with Chris Rock. And it was like something involving a wedding. And he's been doing this for a while now, a couple of years now. Yeah. Um. Do Do you remember yeah, any no. of these movies? No. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. No. Are you? <laughs> at all?
1: I am. Actually, I am. Like, I, Billy Madison is probably one of my favorite movies. Like right, Billy right. Madison, Happy Gilmer, like, like a lot of his his 90s films, like okay. some of the recent ones. Um. So some of them they're like hit or miss for me. Yeah, but like Click, great. well, like and Click, Click is a great film. Like, I like Click. some of them are really, some of them are really good. And then some of them are just not
0: yeah. my favorite. <laughs> uh, based on the trailer for Hubby Halloween, it might be under the film of maybe not my favorite going into an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so you can see that on October 7th. On October 9th, you can catch the 40-year-old version, not virgin, but version, and follows Rita, a down-on-her-luck New York playwright, uh, who is desperate for a breakthrough before she turns 40 reinventing herself as Raptor Rita M U S prime. She's divided between the worlds of hip hop and theater in order to find her true voice. I think this movie was uh, in one of the festivals and it had got high praise. And so Netflix bought it out, I think earlier this year. And uh, so now you can see it uh, starting October 9th. Okay. On October 16th, director and screenwriter Aaron Sorkin, uh, he wrote The Social Network, Moneyball, Steve Jobs, and also the creator of HBO's The Newsroom, takes his talents over to Netflix and give us an original film called The Trial of the Chicago Seven, tells the story of seven people on trial steaming f- from various charges surrounding the uprising of the, at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. I love Aaron Sorkin. I think all of his movies I just listed were fantastic. Yes. And so I am, and I love the newsroom. If no one's watched it, it's a great series. Great show. Um, so I'm excited to see him come out and do another director. This is the second time he's directed a movie. He's written a lot. He's written a bunch of, of stuff. Uh, his first movie he directed was uh, Molly's game with Jessica, uh, Jessica Chastain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another good movie. So if you a fan of his work, you can see his new movie coming out on uh, October 16th.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Uh, and on October 21st, you can watch Army Hammer and Lily James star in Rebecca. It's a reboot of the 1940s Hitchcock film of the same name that was also adapted from the novel and follows a young newlywed that arrives at her husband's imposing family estate and finds herself battling the shadow of his first wife, Rebecca, whose legacy lives on in the house long after her death. So it seems like a haunting tale for sure. Yeah. Um, Netflix is also offering a couple new original shows as well this month on October 9th. You can catch the highly anticipated new season of the haunting, fran- uh, the haunting anthology series, The Haunting of Bly Manor. I know Ernesto is very excited for this one to come out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, October 9th. So mark that one on your calendar for sure. I already did. (laughs) already Uh, Do you know much about this season, or are you kind of going in there with a surprise?
1: You know me. I go in blind. I just want to go in blind and just have the story be unfolded. Have the story
0: unfold in front of me. Especially since this is an anthology series, so, like, all this is brand new. Yep. Yeah. So you can catch that on October 9th. And on October 23rd, Anna Taylor-Joy, which we just saw in New Mutants, she was mm-hmm. just in that. Uh, now she's going to be starring in a new miniseries called The Queen's Gambit. I saw the trailer for this one and I was hooked. I was like the way it started. I was like, oh, OK. All right. You got my attention. What's going on over here? Uh, okay. And it follows an orphan chess prod- prodigy, Beth Harmon, uh, who struggles with addiction in a quest to become the greatest chess player in the world um so i mean i think there's a little bit more to that i think the bio is kind of simplifying it but like yeah. there's a lot more going on in that trailer than the than the bio read so i definitely if you're interested in that give the trailer a watch but otherwise this show comes out on october 23rd um and just uh just want to mention a few new reality shows coming to the streaming service on october 2nd you can watch song exploder the series follows the musical talents of Alicia Keys, lin Miranda, among many others, as they weave together in-depth interviews, archival footage, and raw recordings as each artist breaks down their song layer by layer, sharing intimate insight into personal inspiration behind the music and lyrics. Uh, based, I think each episode just follows a different musician. And the one that, based on the trailer I saw, Lemon and Well Miranda was talking about like his inspirations for Hamilton. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was like, okay, all right, you got my interest. I might that might be the only episode I watch, but either way, I'm intrigued with this new reality series.
1: Same. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, lastly, on October 9th, Netflix releases Deaf U which follows a group of students attending Galliant University, a private college catering to the deaf and hard of hearing. And I, 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 the trailer also looks very interesting. Like it kind of just starts off in silence and everyone is just like doing same, sign language to one another. And it's just a series that follows these students and kind of like what they deal with as, as being somebody who is deaf and, you know, a university that's tailored to that. So I was intrigued by, you know, the premise of that. So. Uh, like I said, all that you can watch on October 9th and that is your new to streaming all the highlights, uh, as usual, you can always go to our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers every month I post what's new to streaming. So right here is just the highlights of what's on there. If you go to our Instagram page and look at the post, you will see a lot more that is coming to the streaming services that I didn't mention here. So all that information for you as well as new to stream Fridays. I kind of you know go down all the streaming services and give you all of the new stuff that is coming out that is available to watch that day. So you can catch all that over on our social media page. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. And now we're going to move on to what you're watching.
1: So, Matt, I actually don't have a lot this week. I don't okay. have a lot. I don't have a lot of information to give you besides <laughs> our movie that we're reviewing this week. But – um, when my wife was here, we did get to watch the first couple of episodes of The Boys. I think All I right. kind of mentioned it last week. Um, but man, the season is great. The season is great. There's a lot of the same beats from season one. There, there's Without giving it away, there's there's crazy things that happen, but kind of very similar to how Adrian felt um, a couple weeks ago. Like they, That same craziness is there, but it's not... It doesn't hit you as hard because you've seen something similar in the first season, but it's still pretty intense. Right. <laughs> like that's still, that's still really underselling it. Like what, like just some of the, some of the things that happen in it. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to just keep going and to finally finish it. Um, we're going to be, it's going to be a low before we can get time to re- to watch the rest. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, let the rest of the season release, so maybe by the next time I get to watch it, the whole season will already have been dropped.
0: Uh, so I mean, I guess it's clear to say that you are enjoying what you're watching. Obviously, like oh, 100%. What, what the content is is like it. it you're saying like it. So what you're saying is not as strong as season one, but it's getting there. Is that kind of the gist I'm getting there?
1: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm saying like the same. I'm not what I'm saying at all. Because <laughs> I actually, I actually am enjoying the second season more because they're they they i really love the the story direction like the the direction of the story heading is heading is great um where the what they're exploring with older characters you know bringing in these new characters into the new season and so, even right off the bat like the time that you interact with them like they're just very intriguing like they got a lot going on they're not not very flat like it's very multi-depth a lot of depth going on in there you know what i mean like they do they do a lot of great job. They do a really great job um, writing the characters.
0: Okay, I as as you know, I'm waiting a little bit longer. I think I think the series is over on October ninth, and okay. so I think like they have a couple more episodes to come out with. So maybe around that time, I might just do a big binge or like the way if I know myself, I can probably start it now, and then by the time I get toward the end, the the remaining episodes would have already been out.
1: I will say like it is nice. That that they are doing the week to week because there are things that happen that can warrant that week to week and to let it to let it breathe a little bit. And you breathe with some of these characters a
0: little bit. Right. So like I can, that, so I can understand
1: discussion. why they did. I can understand why they why they're why they're doing the week to week model on it.
0: Okay. All right. I'm excited to jump in on it. I know that this was like a big show uh that we were excited. I don't know why. I mean, I kind of explain why I'm waiting, but like it's still like I still want to do it. So <laughs> it's the, gonna be on my watch list soon.
1: See, and conversely, I'm watching The Val, and I almost wish – not that I'm not enjoying it, but I wish that I would have waited until the entire thing had dropped so then I could watch it, the whole story. Because it's going week to week now, and it it feels more dramatic than – like, I don't know. I can't – I don't even want to say that. Like, it's – like, I don't know. Like, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying Mm. the way – like, I feel like I'm missing out. Like, I just, like, you already know the story. Like, you're dragging right. it out. Like, just release the whole documentary. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, that's what it is. Like, duh, I don't need to be dragged, I don't need a documentary to be dragged out to me like right. that. Right, mean, yeah. That's, maybe that's just me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, Meg and I, you know, she wanted to watch a documentary. And I'll tell you which one we watched and my watch you're watching. Uh, but we, I recommended, like, hey, Ernesto's watching The Val. Do you want to, you know, watch a trailer and see what it's about? And she's like, okay, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm down for that. And so... We started the trailer and, you know, we kind of got the vibe of what's going on. And I was like, you're interested. And she's like, eh, maybe not. And then she's like, how long is it? And I was like, uh, well, it's currently on week. It's weekly right now. And there's nine episodes and they're on episode six. She's like, I'm not sure if I want to invest nine hours into that. Story. <laughs> maybe if it was like a two hour documentary, maybe. But like mm-hmm. I, I was kind of I was kind of agreeing with her, I'm like nine hours to tell this story, like how much story is there? The thing is is that there's
1: so much footage from inside this organization. I think like it what all six episodes are equally intriguing like it's like the content is super super fascinating Okay. just because you get you're getting first hand experience from them like from from the inside right like, they literally the everything is documented phone calls, text messages like. Like volleyball games. They're all like 90% of their meetings. Like it's, it's craziness. The problem is, is that there's just, I think it's that there's just so much to unpack. Like there's just Mm. so much to unpack to fully get the whole story. Like, you know, maybe they could have crammed it into a two hour thing, but you would have been missing a lot. Like,
0: a lot (laughs) okay all right so there i guess they're trying to tell you the whole story and so if if you're into it then this you know nine parts doesn't sound that long i guess
1: it is it is like it's like i said it is interesting it's very i I find it very interesting but i i just wish it wasn't week to week that's that's that'd be like my one little caveat on it um but yeah other than that i watched ratched I started ratched ratchet I don't even know
0: ratchet yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah so Sarah paulson show
0: mm-hmm. um
1: I don't know yet <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yet it's not but I don't want to say I don't like it because I don't I, I don't know yet it's just I'm trying to feel it out but it's very it's got the same vibes as like American horror story but they do something with the score that it's not that it bothers me but it's like It's too to me. It's like too noticeable. Like they, it's very prom. Like the score, that's you know, you should be subtle in the background. It's just, it's a very prominent part of the show and what's happening in the scene. It almost like makes it like a TV fourteen type of show. If that makes any kind of sense.
0: I kind of, I kind of get what you're getting at. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, I've watched the first episode. There's or some of the first episode, but I don't know yet. I don't even know if I should consider that by what you're watching because I don't. I'm still debating if I'm going to keep going back. Like oh, I'm just, wow. I'm in, the, I'm in the early stages. I'm in so the early stages. So how far did
0: you get? How far did you get? Uh,
1: Like 75% of the first episode.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So like you, st- you started it, but you didn't even finish the first episode. Yeah.
1: So like, because I don't, but I don't want to, it, it's still too early to judge. Right, right. Because, you know, what if it, what if it really picks up? What if, not even that it finds its footing or what if like, I'm just not, Appreciating what they're trying to set up in the beginning, like maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. So I want to get, I'll give it its justice. I'll give it a few episodes before I make a final determination. But
0: yeah, I think I can I can can totally understand that. You know, you know, like first impressions are not the greatest, obviously, when especially if you weren't hooked. But like with a lot of shows, you really gotta give it some time, especially if you got if you were if you were recommended the show. Like obviously, if 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 somebody came to you like, hey, Ratchet's really good. You just have, you have to keep watching. It gets better. Like that's a show is not all shows are going to hook you on the first episode. So it it's only right, especially as a viewer like both of us uh, and, a, and a constant viewer of all things like the both of us. You really kind of kind of give it a justice if you plan on watching it. Like if you decide to start it, especially a series, you almost have to like, you know, give it its due, like you were saying.
1: Yeah. But then see, but then there's like that. There's like that weird middle point where you're like, you're kind of enjoying it. And then you have to come, then it's like your second stop. It's like, all right, this is the point. Do I stop or do I keep going? Because yeah. even if you even if you decide to keep going, if you don't like it, you've already made the commitment. You've already, you're too deep. You need to leave, now you need to know how the story unfolds. Like now you the just point need of to. No know. Return.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hit, you gotta find your point of no return and, and decide, all right, do I wanna bail out? or do I want to keep going?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. This is this is the moment we've all been waiting for, just me only waiting for of how we're going to, you know, decide on what we're going to watch or like continue like, watching.
1: Like the perfect example for me is uh The Walking Dead. Like now, I hit of that one, Yeah, like you hit that one point in like somewhere between set, season 7 and season 8 and it's like i don't know i feel like this is like my jumping off point i feel yeah. like either i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna watch religiously or i'm never gonna watch again
0: yeah and it's kind of yeah i
1: haven't watched since, since
0: yeah. <laughs> and i still don't know how i feel about that yeah <laughs> I, and i, I see
1: something? and and i feel like i almost feel like i went i already went to the point of no return because i find myself every now and then going, man. Maybe I should finish. Like, I've already invested seven, almost eight seasons, and they're long-ass seasons. They are. So that's a lot of my life that I've dedicated to this show and this storyline. See, I, now thinking it out, maybe eventually I will go. Maybe when it finishes. Maybe <laughs> yeah. once it finishes, I'll go back and, I, and then I'll just binge it from that one. I'll find a point because I don't even remember exactly where I'm at. I'll have to go right. back to where I, like, an episode, I was like, All right, I know I remember this, and just watch yeah, yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you're still a little ways away because that show's ending in 2022, so you but, got some time. Like we
1: always say, there's a lot of other shit that's yes. gonna come out before then. <laughs> of
0: course. We gotta put that on a t-shirt. There's more shit to watch. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more to watch. <laughs> so much more to watch. Don't um, dwell on the stuff you don't wanna watch. <laughs> exactly. 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 See, but that's uh, why you gotta
1: find your points.
0: You gotta yeah, de- you, you gotta
1: designate your watch points.
0: You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, um I else? think
1: uh that's uh Oh, I'm still watching Room, room 104. That's another oh, okay. one that I kind of wish that it, I had jumped on when it was already done so then I could just binge the whole thing. But it's 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 good. It's a good 22 minutes, you know, each episode is its own self-contained short story. Mm-hmm. You know, some are good, some are bad. There's like there's like a couple, there's like like a handful of them. That are probably like my that are probably like my favorite. Like I like I'm glad I watched the show just to watch whatever this this these specific episodes. Where are you? Um, I'm caught up. I'm actually oh, caught I, up. Oh yeah. damn! <laughs> <laughs> you, you I mean, very easy. 22 minutes. I, I mean, they, so. and there's only four seasons. There's like each season. I, I don't even remember. It's somewhere between 10 and 13 episodes, something like that. Okay. But uh, so you know it. Over the past couple, it's been like almost a month. I've been kind of going through them.
0: That's true. So how much, how much more is left if you're all caught up now? Uh, cause I'm I, not I, even I, sure. I thought it was over. Like I thought it was done already. I didn't realize that they were doing a I week. think
1: I had just finished. Yeah. Uh, Either that or maybe I had just finished.
0: Let's see here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that IMDb look real quick. Yeah. Let's the see. Okay, okay. You're almost done. You're almost done uh there are 12 set episodes this season uh, uh they just did episode 10 so on um, this friday is episode 11 and the next friday is episode 12 so you're almost done with it
1: yeah almost done all right
0: so yeah. you got you got two more to watch so hopefully it's, it has a good finale for you i guess for what you were waiting for or, i mean like, but what
1: kind of what kind of finale i don't even know what kind of finale I would either I expect. like does the whole like hotel explode or like i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the past shit just come out uh, like for like one big epic crossover like i yeah, do no, <laughs> right the
0: entire cast comes out and be like you know this is what the real story was the whole time
1: yeah, yeah? exactly
0: that's a good point like where where do you end an anthology series like that like try to wrap up all the story together but who knows i mean obviously you're going to know in next by in 2 weeks but that's that's crazy you caught up with it
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what happened and how I feel about
0: it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Because, I, you know, as anything, because like it has like the Twilight Zone vibe. So like I'm interested in that as well. So like it has my interest, but like as a full uh, binge, it sounds like that you're probably better off maybe watching a few episodes here and there and get the same value out of it. Yeah,
1: if you're gonna watch it you can just salt and pepper it in between whatever other <laughs> stuff you're watching gotcha. like oh i got like tw- i got like 20 minutes to burn oh i'll watch one i watch and one of
0: these
1: just, yeah just like candy just popping in <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that was nice like oh oh that candy that candy. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was a terrible 22 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a Starburst. you don't know what turn you're gonna get or we're like you, like you get the open up the wrapper and he's like oh man i hate the orange i want yeah. Where's the reds? Where's
1: the red. Where's the pink? Where's
0: the pink? <laughs> uh, anything else?
1: Oh,
0: that's it. That's it. Uh, so, as you know, Ernesto, I've been watching nothing else but just binging Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time of this recording, I have roughly, let's see, uh, 14 hours before it leaves Netflix. How many <laughs> it, episodes do you have left? uh quite a bit i don't know if i'm gonna finish it right now i'm on season six episode 12 there are another eight episodes left in season six and then season seven has 12 episodes there so i, believe, I think I, you can I, do it i don't i think that's that's literally i'm gonna be up all night and i got work it's in the like, morning it's like eyes like, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like I can
0: every in seconds i need to finish the story <laughs> Uh, but that's basically been like my ultimate binge. I think last time I spoke to you, I was like starting season or last time I spoke about this, I was on start of season five and I just finished a whole campaign story. And so uh, now I'm in season six. I watched all of season five and I, I'm enjoying where we are. I know that some characters are kind of moving on from this, uh, from the story and like Andy Dwyer right now, he's, He's, uh, you know, he's filming Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> at this point. So he's coming in and out. So, like, you kind of lose his uh, charm. But uh, I think her name uh, is, um, uh, man, what is what is her character name? She is Donna. Her name is Donna. And uh, they're giving her more story arcs, I guess, for her character than they didn't do before because other characters are gone. So I- I'm intrigued with this, with you know, coming. Yeah, like, you can see stories wrapping up. You can see, like, it's dwindling down to some sort of finale. Obviously, I still have another, you know, 20 episodes to watch. So there's still a long way to go. But, like, it's been a good binge. I, I think the only thing I regret is I should have started it sooner because now I'm on this time crunch to get it in there. So now I'm kind of like, am I watching it because, like, I feel like I'm not taking my time with it. And it's not a bad thing, but, like, I'm put, I put myself in the situation where, like, yeah. I want to, like, hurry up and finish it. I don't feel like I'm going to make it to the end. I feel like I have a lot more episodes to get down. Um, But it's going to be on Peacocks and it's going to be for free with ads. So I can always go down that route um, as well to finish it off. But then as as usual, like, okay, the rush is over. So I can kind of go into it as my own leisure and not make this like a priority watch. I can probably watch other things and kind of go into like, all right, like you said, I had that 22 minutes. So I'm going to, oh, I can watch a Parks and Rec here and like continue watching other shows over there instead of like all right last days october 1st i gotta binge watch all of as much as i can right now <laughs> but so there's,
1: but there's something nice to be to like fully consuming it because then you're not mixing other stories like you're fully consumed in all these characters you almost you almost get a different not even like a rush but like a you get like a different appreciation for the characters
0: you i mean and i do like i'm enjoying the show i just like you know just like how i did with and like with any show like you know i i was i was talking about a couple weeks ago of how like i was with agents of shield for so long i felt like i was with those characters for all of the seven years it was on the air and like you know you're watching it week to week and you're you know you kind of you're sitting with those big moments you're waiting for the new season to drop so like you're you're spending a lot more time with these characters for me i started on september 1st so right now i'm on midway through season six and the relationship i have with these characters are all in one sitting for the most part Mm -hmm. and so like you know i'm not i'm not sitting with these characters for years it's been a month and I am halfway, I'm already through the halfway point, I'm almost done with the series, so once eventually I finish it, and I might have those, like, heart-to-heart moments, and, and you know, they're, you're gonna have your, your you know, the the highlights of what you thought the show was, but ultimately, once I'm done, I, it doesn't feel like that, like, I have a true connection with the series, because I kind of binged it very quickly. Oh,
1: I, I, I get that, but what I mean is, like, you're not if you're not watching anything else like you're fully consumed with all these so like all like you're thinking about is like those characters and being yeah. in that world in Pawnee. Yeah, no, but I, I get it. I get what you mean. You're not you're not it doesn't have the years to breathe. Like I watched it when it came out. Like right. I remember watching it week to week like recording it on the DVR and then watching it. So like like I have a better connection with some with those characters. So I get what you mean.
0: Right. And even some of those moments where it's just it's just funny. I mean, I can give you a couple of great character moments and some highlights of some funny bits that I that I found interesting. Um, but it's just that lasting effect that like I mean, I'm not going to go out and start collecting T-shirts or anything like that, because like that lasting effect doesn't have for for me. Um, like for The Office, you know, I I never the, the whole series was done. By the time I started the office and it was there has been done for years. Um, so I did the full Netflix binge as well, but I wasn't under any time restraint. And so I think it took me four months to watch the whole series in its entirety. So I felt like I have gave in, I've you know, I was with these characters for a while. So yeah. Parks and Rec is gonna be a little bit different, but like, I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, the show yeah. is like
1: with, with the office for me, it was a little, it was different because like I started it, I started it when it hit Netflix I think they already had I think it was they they already had the 5th season and they were getting ready to drop the 6th season. Mm-hmm. So I like I binged the first half of the series, I guess, and then I and then I caught up with like regular TV and then binged it, well, not binged it, but then watched it week to week until the show eventually ended. But it was nice because I guess I got like a little the best of both worlds. Like I was able yeah. to get that binge but then also get that lasting effect to really appreciate the characters.
0: Exactly. I did something very similar with the Big Bang Theory. I think my my mom or my stepdad were collecting the DVDs, and so I was just watching them, you know, and uh, but not on a streaming service, obviously, but I had the DVDs, so you pop one every four episodes. You got to take the disc out and put the new, <laughs> new disc back in. It's like, yeah. oh, I have to cut up, damn it. <laughs> um, I had to watch the next one. So, like, uh, so I kind of started that way, and so I kind of been through, I think it was, like, the first five or four seasons eventually i just uh i caught up with with cable network and i was just watching it from there so like mm-hmm. i was week to week and then there was at some point where i felt like there was a point where like i'm not really getting much out of it but like i've been with these characters for so long i'm just going to keep watching it's like comfort food it's like yeah. there's not much excitement that's happening with the show anymore and they're not really doing big things they're just these characters being these characters and you might have some funny moments but it maybe be the charm but i'm still in it I'm still watching it every week, so yeah. <laughs> what you can do about that. Um, but yeah, but Parks and Rec, you know, I'm kind of giving it, you know, I'm enjoying what, what I'm watching. It, I think this is like one of the last big sitcoms I haven't seen, like modern sitcoms anyway. Yeah. So um, I'm happy to be watching that. Uh, and then I did end up watching one other thing. Um, I saw, I mentioned, I, you know, we watched a documentary one of the nights, and I saw the Netflix documentary A Secret Love, which follows... Uh, it's it's produced by Ryan Murphy, as well as Jason Blum, who runs Blumhouse. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And it's not it's not a horror film by any means. I I thought <laughs> like when I was watching this, I saw his name like Jason Blum. Oh, no, this is going to be a dark turn. <laughs> this <laughs> this is gonna be scary. Yeah, this is going <laughs> to have a, it's like I thought this was a nice, charming story. But no, this is this is really it's going to be really, you know, dark at some point. Uh, but no, it was actually a very sweet story of basically this this these two women who started a relationship in the 1940s and they really had to hide their relationship with one another for over 60 years like even to this day the documentary kind of started out by like telling like their loved ones like back in 2017 2018 that they were they were lesbians and not just best friends living together because rent was cheap mm. and so it, it would make rent cheap and so, like, at the end of it all, like, you kind of got through, you know, some of the things they had to deal with in the 1940s and 50s. Y- you, They showcased their their rough upbringing and trying to hide the secret. And then it kind of fast forwards to today and all the stuff that they're, they're dealing with, like, as far as their, you know, hardships of, like, being this age. It's kind of just old age. And, like, it was very heartbreaking to see that. Like, and if you... If you finish that and you're not crying by the end of it, there's something wrong with you. That is like literally <laughs> <tech> that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, what, like, I don't know what you were watching, but like at the end of it, I'm like, it's so, it's so sad. It's, I don't understand why I'm crying. I got something in my eye. <laughs> don't look, don't look at me. Don't look at me. This don't look funny. at my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just a very heartfelt like documentary. It's like an hour and 20. It's not that long. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. And especially right now, um, you know, kind of seeing a story like that and how, you know, they were still stay together all these years. Um, and like, there was one point where like, they were even talking about, I think during this documentary is like, Hey, it's legal to marry now. Do you want to do this? And it's like, man, imagine just being that old and you know, you're holding the secret for so long and then, you know, you can actually solidify it today. It's, it's a very heartwarming story. So. Um, and I looked up of why Jason Blum, I understand Ryan Murphy, this is definitely in his wheelhouse to produce, but I, I looked up why Jason Blum and Blumhouse production was involved in this documentary. And nice. he just, in an interview, he just recently said, or, or recent, uh, he simply put that, like, he just likes a good story. And he wanted mm-hmm. to produce this, you know, he thought this was a great story, and he wanted to be involved with it, plain and simple. So... He he has he has range. He's not just a horror guy.
1: <laughs> well, it'd be interesting. I mean, can you actually? What I wouldn't mind seeing, is specifically maybe even the horror, is them to Ryan Murphy and Jason Blum team up to do some sort of either horror film series or like a or like a netflix or something series. i don't know something something with them together i think i would be interested to see that
0: oh yeah no for sure i think that would be a great collaboration between the two and like blumhouse production puts out a lot of i feel like blumhouse and ryan murphy are kind of in the same boat here where it's um it's like they have their hits and they have their misses but they're still producing a mass amount of content
1: yeah, they just, they're just they just creative guys. They just keep putting yeah. shit out.
0: <laughs> so, the, so like, them two together, who knows what they can come up with, exactly, yeah. to your point. Um, but, yeah, that's all I've been watching, just those two things there. Um, so now we're going to go over to our review, our spoiler review of the week, uh, which is the Netflix original film The Devil All the Time. Like Ernesto stated earlier, it is directed and written by Antonio Campos um and then he also wrote it with it looks like maybe his brother pa- polio campos some some yeah. sort of relation yeah um so it looks like he shared the writing credit there and it stars an all-star cast of Tom Holland uh Bill Skarsgård who played it the clown in the new It movies you had um uh Robert Pattinson uh Sebastian Stain who is the winter soldier it's it's an all-star cast here and so yeah. with, with all that being said, Ernesto, what did you think of the movie?
1: Um, I think it's safe to say that I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this film. Like it was just very dark, very gritty. Um, I love the backstory they set up for Alvin and Lenora. Like they kind of gave them like this, they, you know, you spent the whole beginning of the film exploring their parents and then they come together and then you you like you truly like you don't even have to think about it, but you already understand their characters and their motivation. So I, like to the to the writer's point or the book, the, even the way the book was written, like that was a gr- I think that was a great way to set up the obviously the preceding events and the rest of the story. That's just like just off rip like just before we even get any further. Like yeah. to me, like that was like a, all, that was like a great standout for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the beginning of the movie started off a little bit confusing because I didn't know exactly yes. how they were starting with everything. But eventually, like, it was a nonlinear story that eventually, as you continue watching, all the pieces were coming together. Like, they, you started off with, like, um, Willard and his son, like, praying. And then it goes back to him coming, you know, the, the father... Willard coming back from the war and then the movie is kind of going forward that way and yeah. then what, it was an interesting parallel, at, also in the begin, very beginning of the movie, we're introduced to another couple, it was Carl and I don't know what his his, his wife's name was uh, Carl and, not Leona, it was, was it Helen? No. Sandy? Sandy, Sandy. yes, Sandy. Carl and Sandy, there you go. Like it was interesting because he like uh, Willard walked into the diner and he met his future wife in the same diner on the same day that Carl would meet his future wife. And so I was like, okay, so like there's already a parallel already. And now when you you fast forward to the end of the movie, there was a huge parallel. uh, And who knew about that? But I like how the story was kind of like just giving you information and information. And even, and even so there was a point where, like they uh they introduced a character and he like the narrator was like yeah she died she like that was the last time she would see her uh
1: i think that was um he was supposed to he was supposed to originally marry her but she they went to church together and she saw roy the the other preacher when he poured all the Spiders and shit all over himself.
0: Yeah, that was freaky. Remember,
1: she like she almost like gravit. If I'm remembering that correctly, like then she gravitated towards him, and then they got together, and then that's the guy who stabbed his wife in the neck. Yeah, and as yeah. he tried to resurrect her.
0: Correct. So like in that scene, it was uh Will Willard's grandmother who was like, "Hey, I know this nice lady for you. You should meet her at church this Sunday." And so like he already, and then Willard already met the girl at the diner who he was already in love with and didn't really give Helen the time of day in the church. So mm-hmm. within that same day though, there was like a guest reverend, I guess, to do the sermon that day, which was Roy. And then mm-hmm. Helen kind of fell in love with Roy after that uh, I guess after church that day. And so I guess the grandmother kind of backed off from like, uh, kind of putting those two together and Willard at some point went back to the diner and, you know, maybe asked uh his new wife out or well eventually it would become his wife but he would ask her out and then like the, i think after that it cut to like them already having a a, a baby like and looking yeah. for a new house
1: yeah and um i think i don't remember if something that i noticed or in one of the articles i re- was reading leading up to it but they made a parallel between lenora uh meeting rob uh robert Pattinson's character what's this character's name uh, uh,
0: uh, uh reverend uh, Reverend Preston, Preston T. Garden.
1: Tea garden. So when she meets like how both of them, like your mother and daughter, both fell in love, both gravitated towards that, um, religious figure, like yes. somebody who, somebody who was speaking like truth throughout the communities, somebody who's looked to be like a powerful figure in the community.
0: Right. Right. And, and, and yeah, it's kind of like, you know, they, they were both heavily involved with their, with the Lord and they wanted, they were very pure and wanted to do everything, you know, that way. And then, you know, they were praying every night. And then they gravitated, both of them, toward the preacher or the leader of some sort. Like, you know, with Robert Pattinson, he was the reverend. But they were all kind of in a dark place, unfortunately. Mm. Um, both of them were. And so yeah. I, I think it was interesting because with Roy who fun who's funny enough that actor i don't know his name off the top of my head but he is harry awesome.
1: Melling.
0: harry Melling. Melling. he was also the cousin uh in, in the harry potter movies he was like yes. the, the fat cousin that's yeah right. um we also saw him in the old guard he was the villain there as well that's right that's yeah right. yeah that's right. so he's 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 developing a relationship with netflix i can see exactly um something
1: something just something just overarching like throughout the whole story like it seems like everybody in their own way was exploring their own like like giving into that one little evil thing inside of them. Like everybody in the movie did something evil or dark. Like Right. I mean, like even Tom Holland, like Arvin, who's our who's I guess in essentially he's our protagonist in the story. Like he is yeah. the main, he is the main hero like, you know, he beats the shit out of those guys who are messing with Lenora, rightfully so, which I thought was one of the best scenes of the movie.
0: Oh when yeah.
1: He, he puts the bag over the guy's face and he just starts bashing his face in. Oh my gosh. It's like you're gonna keep talking about her? You want another Twinkie fat ass? Like, it <laughs> was great. That was a great I just in general, I was like, that is not Spider Man. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I totally said that. I was I told Megan after I like after that scene, I'm like, That's not my Spider Man. Oh my god, <laughs> No, no. <is somebody." laughs> There's some venom in there. Oh no! <laughs> yeah.
1: He is definitely wearing the black suit right now. <laughs>
0: the black suit right now, like, oh damn, that is dark. And so, like, also a good testament to Tom Holland as an actor, because like yes. I've never seen him in such a dark role before. So yes. I'm like, man, this guy has some range.
1: Yes. Oh, definitely. I think he was he was most he was the standout. And I'd actually have to give credit to, um, press. Reverend Preston, Robert Pattinson's character, like that, that accent that he put in his draw was very, it's like, it was just so specific. Like, it was just very, like, it wasn't distracting, but it was very prominent.
0: (laughs) But it's funny because, like, you see him as Batman now. And so it was like, I'm You have that dark, d- like raspy r- r- voice, and then he and it, like in in the in the uh, when he was introduced, he's like, "Hello, everybody. My name is Reverend Prescott, the uh, 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 Tea Garden," and and it was like a very like weak, uh, like very somber tone, very and, weak, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> wait a minute, here, I got I got totally completely thrown off guard." Um, and then ar- look,
1: that- I mean compare him to his perform I mean he's just shining just him in general I mean look yeah. he went from I which I haven't seen the lighthouse which he did uh last year or the year before I think it was last year, last year. and then and now we have got Tenet, and then now you've got him in this film which he was absolutely great in oh, yeah. so I'm excited to see what he's got what he's got coming up next
0: As much as um, I didn't like his character in the movie I think that this performance might have been a little bit better been Tenet, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. I feel like, but I feel like there was more. Not that his character didn't have a lot to work with in Tenet, but I felt like this one, since this one is grounded primarily in reality, like it's right. a very, it's a, it's a very real dark story. Like I feel like you can probably. Not relate to him, but you can under you, tr- you try to understand his crazy. Like,
0: I agree like
1: as a as a person, as opposed to you know some time agent
0: <laughs> that's, that's right. running through. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh yeah, uh, a reverend compared to like uh, an espionage film that deals with time travel. Which which one exactly. can you relate to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, there was um another part. That like, again, talking about that story, like the way that they decided to deliver scenes and to tell you information, uh, like I was explaining a little bit earlier how like they they showcase Helen fall in love with Roy. And then like the she simply asked like, to like to the grandmother is like, hey, can you look after my baby? We're just going to go out for a drive this afternoon. And like in within the narration, they're like, yeah, we never saw her again. She died. And it took it took them seven years to find the body. And I thought that was like a like, oh, shit, as far as like hearing that information, like it kind of took me off guard. I'm like, okay, damn. All right. So we are. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess that's the end of her story. Right. But then the movie and the direction of the film took an interesting not a turn, but like they then they kind of went back on that story and they showed you that. So in my opinion, why did you tell us that? And, and why, why do both? Why tell us and then like 20 minutes later show us because we know what she's going to happen. Why not just show us and not just tell us? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I feel like maybe they wanted to set you up like, hey, you need to know that she died. But we're like, we're going to come back to that later. I just felt like, like – and, and that's crazy to think about because there was a lot of back and forth between different characters. But the movie does it so seamlessly that you almost right. don't even realize – that you're going that you're going back and forth between all these other characters and learning all this new information. But I but I do think it was worth it to revisit that scene because then you get the whole effect of them leaving, and then right. obviously you get the scene where he stabs her in the neck and then he drives away. And then but then there's that whole gap, like in the middle of the night, like how did he end up with Sandy and Carl? I don't know if maybe I did I miss that. I know that he I would assume that he just left that guy there. Yeah. And he just started hitchhiking.
0: Yeah, it sounds so. Here's and, and and again, this is the story. This whole movie is just tragic all the way around. It's fucking like, crazy. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy tragic story. Um, I don't really know what of exactly. It's just like humanity, and, and I don't know. I mean, we might we might get to the right word uh, as we continue talking, but it's just yeah. it's tragic nonetheless. But yet within that scene you're referring to, it's like he trapped himself in a closet because as his bit, I guess normally is to like face your fears. Here's a bunch of spiders going down my body. One of them actually bit him in the face. And Mm -hmm. so he was hiding himself from his wife because he didn't want to see her. Like, I guess she, he didn't want to show her like the, the flaw of his, his weakness, his weakness. Right. So like he waited for the swelling to go down to, to like present himself again. And after that, I felt like he was so close to God at that point. He felt like that he was, you know, so like, I don't want to use the word powerful, but like, I guess he felt like he could resurrect his wife and he wanted to prove that. Then he realized he made a mistake when he couldn't after he stabbed her. So I was like, oh my God.
1: And then you got his brother who's like trying to speak truth to him. Right. He's like, you are gonna okay, think about this logically. You're going to go to the cops and you're going to tell them that you tried to resurrect your wife after you stabbed her in the neck. They're gonna think you're a crazy person who killed his wife and then tried to bury it and hide it. Right. And then like you know, to watch them go through that whole psychology of like trying to trying to realizing, like what is he doing at that moment? Is he questioning like everything he's ever believed in his entire life? Like right. what? Like if like if he truly he, obviously he did he must have done that because he honestly thought he could have brought her back. Like I could feel of that. Course from him in that scene, like he thought that he was going to bring her back to life. Right. Like what, so what are the next thoughts? Once he realized that she's dead, like what, what goes through his head? Like what goes well, through your head? You know, well,
0: obviously they buried her. So, or at least he oh, did. Yeah. Cause that was the next thing he did. And then he's like, oh, we just got to flee this town. And then it looks like at some point the next morning, like what you were describing, you know, his brother woke up from the sleep in the car. The car was empty. And Roy, what he he was hitchhiking and then Carl and Sandy picked him up, which that's a whole other story we're about to get into. And they, you know, were he kept saying that he wanted to see his daughter, like I think he felt guilt. He's like, oh, that's right, I have a family to look to, yeah. to look at. I have a daughter I need to take care of, so I'm gonna start heading my way back to where I came from and kind of deal with the consequences from there. And then you know he meets up with a hitchhiking couple. Oh, I'm sorry, a couple who picks up hitchhikers. To take pornographic pictures. photos with them and then kill them, or and then a combination
1: of both. Because you combination see later, both? you see it later in the film where she's posing. It's even it was really interesting the way they shot it, where they just show you like the negatives. But it was yeah. it was enough, and the contrast between the dark and the white was just, was enough to see that like these people had been brutally murdered, and then they took pictures with their corpses before they right. dumped them.
0: And so, like, I don't know, like, it, it felt like Caro, who was the photographer and kept wanting to do this, he, like, had some weird, like, you know, vision of, like, the perfect photograph of, like, blending in, I don't even know, like, he was just torturing these people, but also, here's a pretty lady to pose next to while you're, your corpses here. Like it, it seemed really weird, like a specific vision that he had that was just sick and twisted. And basically it's, it seemed like once a month or once every other month, they would kind of go on the road and pick up hitchhikers and, and to do this with. And eventually he wanted to pick up like only handsome fellas. Like, I think but he said that.
1: How did you feel when they killed Roy though?
0: Well, at the end of that moment, he was still looking to God. He was still looking, he looked up and he was like, You know, is this where I need to be right now? And, you know, he refused based on his based on his faith. He refused to have any sexual relations with with his wife. He felt like that was wrong. And then Carl didn't like that. And then he shot him. But he was still very true and still with, you know, with his faith up until, you know, even even to that moment of his death. So, like, I still felt like he believed. I don't think he was questioning it. Um, I just mm. felt like that maybe he felt like he was down the wrong path at some mm. at some moment. So that's that's kind of my takeaway from it. And then it was also very sudden because, like, I wasn't expecting, you know, for these characters to die so quickly. We were just introduced to them.
1: I know you spend all this time like you feel like, you know, oh, they're going to be around for a little bit. And right. They like they like Game of Thrones killed these characters. Yes,
0: <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Even like, you know, we go back to Wil- uh, Wilford and his wife, I believe, was um Halle? Charlotte, Charlotte uh charlotte and, and wilford that's so yep. tom holland's parents um yep. and you know you see his his story and and again tragic <laughs> to say the yeah. least uh you know he he just came back from war he meets his wife gets a house trying to rebuild something and then like he you know he feels a connection with the lord again so he builds like a little prayer uh so he feels like prayer a little, log uh, or prayer log like that's right prayer pr- log. Yeah. and he you know he can see that his kid is beating up you know he's being beat up in uh at school and so like and and a situation that kind of resonated with tom holland's character at a very young age is when like he saw that people like were kind of like you know kind of saying rude things about to his wife like come i'm gonna come in there in his house and just have sex with her and then he eventually just kind of rolls up he's like you got to find the right moment to to like really send your message and he kind of goes out and beats the shit out of rightfully
1: so that was right, a great yeah. scene.
0: Yeah, it was great. Was, like, it was a great scene. As soon as
1: that happened, I was like, "Woo! Beat yeah. that ass! Beat his ass!
0: Shove his face in the ground!"
1: Yes, yeah, that, that, like, that was a good
0: one. And and he was like, "You see that, son? Like, remember that. You know, you got to take take a, take a moment when it's needed, uh, or t- you know, trying to find your right moment to to strike, basically. Like, be patient with it, um, and kind of show them a lesson. There's a lot of bad people out there. And then you know, young Tom Holland goes like about a hundred. He's like yeah, a little bit more than hundred. hundred bad people in the world." And I like
1: how they they use that they use that theme, and that's like a common theme with his character throughout the entire film. The entire film that like carries with him to wait, you know, the 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 essential of waiting for the right moment to strike.
0: Right, and you know, and also just it's sad because then shortly after that scene, you have his wife, you know, she falls to the ground. We we'll later find out that she has cancer, that she's not. Uh, you know, she's not looked like she's going to recover from, and then he just kind of, you know, kind of spirals down mentally into like, you know, he's telling his son to like, you know, pray, we're going to pray the cancer away, you know, this is, this is what we need to do. Then he resorted to sacrifice. So he felt like if he took something else that he loved, so like they killed the dog and they put it on yeah. the crucifix and like, Oh my God, that was another, you know, tragic moment to the son. And is he... just like. like
1: did he put the dog on the crucifix? Yeah, he did. So that's that's interesting because then that's like a strange parallel to the beginning the beginning of the film when his dad was in World War II and he saw that marine who was tied up who he had to put out of his misery.
0: Right. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Oh, I, I think <laughs> I think the dad actually put the dog up there as a form of a sacrifice.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So like if he so like in his in his head if he were to uh, you know. If if he sacrificed something else he loves, then, you know, his wife would be spared. And obviously that didn't happen. His wife ended up dying. And then the day of the funeral, the day that they buried the mother, he goes into the same prayer log and kills himself shortly before, you know, the young Tom Holland comes in and young Arvin comes in and was like, you know, sees his father dead. And then that brings us to Sebastian Stain, uh, who plays the deputy who kind of, you know, kind of arrives on the scene with basically you know young arvin uh and like the guy from who owns a general store across, down the street kind of together like hey he just buried his mother's his mother's body today and his his father committed suicide
1: crazy and then you know some he says sebastian saying says something to young arvin that like i was like what a crazy statement to say to a nine-year-old he turns to him in the back and he says some people are just born so they can be buried
0: yeah it's
1: like what you don't say that to a nine-year-old
0: <laughs> that's ridiculous that's, that's like crazy <laughs> and, and it just shows how much of an asshole like a deputy lee uh boast bodecker, a uh, bud yeah.
1: yeah
0: deputy lee like how much of an asshole he was and then, so like Tom Holland grows up with his grandmother and the orphan child from Helen and Roy's situation, which again, like this story just takes a whole bunch of weird turns. But like you're here for it, you know? It's yeah. it's like it's very it takes intriguing weird
1: turns, and then it connects in weird ways.
0: But like it it makes sense though, based on tragic backstories, like how these people were kind of like you know ended up where they are, and then you fast forward to a couple of years later. And you have, you know, Tom Holland, you see his character. And this is, I, I kind of clocked it in. So we were involved with that whole backstory for 40 minutes. So we yeah. saw all of that happen within the first 40 minutes of the movie. There's still another, this is a kind of a long movie. It's two hours and 18 minutes. So you still have like the other hour. And it's so like, there's at some point where I'm like, all right, I guess Tom Holland and all these characters are playing a small role in this movie, like Robert Pattinson as well, because we haven't seen any of them. But yeah. I mean, when they show up they're like okay no there's still like an hour and a half left that's a whole other movie right there yeah
1: that's what, it, that's what i was saying like that whole setup between their parents at first 45 of the minutes is almost like a preamble to the act to like the rest of the story like right. it just it gives it gives the rest of the story so much more context and i think you appreciate what happens more because you have that 40 minutes of prior knowledge
0: Agreed. And so like, I feel like this is one of those rare, not a rare occasion, but like one of those moments where like this movie needs to be this long, because right. when, you, when you get to the when you get to like the big moments of the film, it holds a lot of weight because, you know, the whole story, you, exactly. you know, you, you get that backstory. That backstory is intriguing enough to get you to the point where they want to start the real story. And then, you know, we kind of fast forward to robert pattinson and his his role as the reverend and then you see him kind of taking another dark path where he kind of pries in young women to you know i guess eventually he wants to have sex with them or just kind of just mess around with them it looks like that's who his his character was as a reverend kind of taking advantage of his power and then uh lona laura
1: lenora
0: lenora she, you know, was had had relations with the Reverend, who she felt comfortable and safe with. Then she realized she was pregnant, and and then Robert Pattinson was like, uh, "No, you have delusions. This this wasn't me." Like, you know, he this-
1: blamed it. He blamed it on the Lord. What did he say? It was like, "Oh, that was the Lord talking through me. Like, I'm not. Right. I wasn't there when that
0: happened. Like, right. he
1: took he took over."
0: Correct. And like that again, sick, tragic story, which. Eventually, she ended up taking her own life by accident.
1: By like, accident.
0: Yeah. She... Well, because,
1: you know, that scene would have been – it would have been sad enough if it, if you didn't have the narration. But I feel like during that point, having the narration of under at – knowing, knowing at the last second – Although you can kind of see it on her face, you
0: could that yeah. it was
1: that it was that she was making a mistake, but like to have it confirmed by the narrator seconds before she accidentally hangs herself, like really makes that scene hit home.
0: It does. It truly does. And especially even in that same day, or maybe the same day, but like a couple of weeks prior to that, you see Tom Holland really being like the big brother that he is, and like defending her when all those kids were beating her up, and then we saw the scene where he was beating all those kids up in the same fashion of how his dad did it way back when of like waiting for your right time to strike and like really send your message home. And unfortunately that did no good because, because he did that the same day that her and the Reverend were, you know, kind of messing around in the car. Then ultimately that was like, it could, it could be an interesting parallel because if he was there, obviously that would never happened, but because he was doing it to protect her in a very in a violent way, then that kind of came back and hurt him because she ended up taking her own life because of it.
1: And what's really interesting is that immediately following that, you know, you see the preacher and not in not one single frame of that of that movie. Did you see him feel any remorse for the fact that she was dead and that she killed not killed his baby, but you but yeah, I mean like her he caused her he pushed her to kill herself like right. obviously yeah you know so he inadvertently killed her and killed his child and right. like immediately you see him eyeing other females and then obviously these these are the scenes the way they show it is um they show it as like you're kind of like a spectator which we later find out i guess you you are like in the eyes of arvin tom holland's yeah. character as he's following him he sees him pick up another girl he throws the panties out, and then like the stuff he does with his wife, and man, what a great—they set up like a really tense interaction between the two of them in the church. Obviously, before he like blows his brains out.
0: <laughs> right, and so like it was, it was—I was really questioning where this scene was going, because you knew you knew Tom Holland's intentions, and then eventually yeah. you realize that as he's telling the story, like he's like, "Hey, I've committed a sin." You know, I want to tell you about it. And then obviously, Robert Pattinson realizes, like, wait a minute, this story sounds all too familiar to my own yeah. story. And and he's like, wait, what, what, what? said, like, what, kind of, what kind what what's going on here? And then he pulls out the gun. And like, I wasn't sure if he was going to do it. I know he had violent tendencies, but as of right now, we've never seen Tom Holland kill anybody.
1: I really think it was a. I think that was like a more or less another turning point for him. Because oh, yeah. if you notice, he shot him once, but then he walks over to him. And then he hesitates for a second before he releases like another four rounds into him. Right. I think once he shot him, he was like, yep, this is the right decision. And then he just continued. Like he follows through. Like he just like, I've already gotten this far. Like I might as well just finish the job at this point.
0: Seriously. And so then, so then he kills Robert Pattinson, rightfully so, um, you know, because he's just a horrible man. And so he goes on the road and he wants to go visit his, his, where his hometown was back in the day where his father was. And, and, you know, sure enough, we are back with car, Carl and Sandy who are still picking up hitchhikers. And then I saw where this was going as his car was breaking down. I'm like, Oh, all right. I know where this is heading. Um, and again, for me, another shocking moment, I felt like that once his car broke down, I knew that they were going to pick him up. Like these stories had to connect somehow. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they were kind of showcasing a little bit of information with Carl and Sandy, but like you, nothing bad happened yet. But you can just tell Tom Holland was just being very cautious and suspicious with this two two individuals.
1: Yeah, like I mean, he's just finished doing some. But remember, it's like you know, he remembers what his dad told you. He's like, there are evil people in the world. Like, right? Don't assume that everybody is good. You have to have your reservations, and that's exactly what he did. He sat in the back, he was just kind of talking to him a little bit, and he was just watching him, because he would already, right. he probably felt the tension, he probably felt the weirdness in the air, and of then course. As soon, as soon as Carl got out of the car, he saw the gun, he's, he's like, alright, I already know what's about to happen.
0: And right. he opens
1: the door, yeah. Freaking <laughs> unloads into him, right. and, then you get that, and then you get that really sad interaction between him and um, Sandy, you know, yeah. where... Technically, Tom Holland should be dead. But because uh, Carl didn't trust Sandy is the reason why he actually lived. lived.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I may ask you a question because nothing bad happened yet between, you know, Arvin, Carl, and Sandy. It was just very suspicious. It didn't look like that Carl – it's really hard to tell at that moment if Carl was going to lift his gun up and shoot him or if he was going to do anything bad. But he had it ready. So do you think – Aside from knowing that these, you know, Sandy and Carl are bad people, do you think that he shot too early?
1: No, I think he shot at the exact moment at the earliest his earliest convenience. That was the earliest convenience for him to take them by surprise. Because like, like you just said, Carl already had the gun in his hand, right? He was already getting ready to command him to do something that he obviously it was going to lead to his eventual death. So while he had the upper hand, he kicked the door open, knocked him off guard, blew his, and blew him away. You right. know, and then you get that that face. He even told her, he goes, "I don't want to shoot you."
0: Right, I he didn't
1: want to shoot you. You know, he tried he tried to give her warning, but you know that it ended in her her demise, which ironically, and then that leads to Arvin and Deputy Bodecker, Lee Bodecker, Sebastian Stan re- reconnecting again, almost at their point of origin, like almost bringing, it was a nice, I think it was a nice way to bring the story full circle back to where it started, to where he, his character was, was spawned from.
0: And you know, that Sebastian stain throughout this story, you know, the deputy was not a good man either. He was, you know, cheating on his, did he have a wife? I'm not sure if he did.
1: I'm not sure if he did, but he did bad things. He was doing bad
0: things. That
1: diner and he took the money after that, like loan shark guy spit all over it. Yeah. And then he went to he went to their house and then he blew that guy was making him breakfast. He yeah. was like he was like making him coffee and shit. Yeah. He blew his head off.
0: <laughs> Not a good guy, obviously. And then we also find out that the deputy was related to Sandy, they were brother and sister. So then he had a personal vendetta over the killer, obviously, which I uh, guess he somehow found out that it was uh Tom Holland and he knew where he was gonna be. So they Tom Holland wanted to go back to his old family's house back in their hometown um so he was there and he was back at the prayer log which was interesting i think ultimately he wanted to give a proper burial to his dog that he loved and so he was in the midst of doing that then he sees you know he hears sebastian stain coming along and then they had a shootout and then sebastian stain dies at the end of it which it's interesting that they chose you know to have Tom Holland come out on top of everything. Like he wasn't a good guy himself either, but I feel like if anything, he was doing everything for right and justifiable reasons.
1: Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a question of his morality. Cause I believe at his core as a character, he was a good person who was just trying to get by. He's right. just trying to get by and survive. But unfortunately he had to deal with some evil people and he had to do some things that he, probably wouldn't have otherwise to have done
0: and and it's funny that he kind of went down that route like he knew that he had to kill the reverend he knew that in the situation with carl and sandy like he had to kill them too and i feel like with carl sandy and the deputy he was doing it for his own safety whereas with the reverend it was doing it out of vengeance yeah. and he was yeah. already on this killing spree at this point you know like nothing that he does and also he was doing it with his with his dad's gun the Luger, no yeah, the Luger. Yeah, that they. Now my a...
1: que- my question is, now I don't know for a fact, is that the same gun that his dad used to put the marine out of his misery in the beginning of the movie, who was crucified?
0: That, that's a good question. And they weren't. That would be a cool.
1: That would be a cool like um, connection or callback to it. But I right. wasn't. I wasn't a hundred percent sure.
0: I I, I I'm going to agree with you. I'm not entirely sure exactly uh, how that transpired, or, or if that was the same gun, but. I wouldn't put it past me if it was the same gun. It seemed like that's, that's an easy tie to connect between the two. Um, But yeah, and then we get the movie, you know, toward its end where basically all of the bad people are, are, are dead. Uh, We still had some unfortunate casualties throughout the film who end up taking their own life just for tragic moments. And then you see him on the road again. He looks like he was on his way to Chicago or Cincinnati. One of the two, And, like, he was, like – I think the the narrator kind of showcased that, like, you know, he's not at peace, but he's, like, moving on from all of this terrible things that were happening at that moment. That's
1: all he can do. I think that's all he could do at that point.
0: Um, And it's interesting that there was a narration. I think – I'm not a huge fan of narration in movies, but this one really – it it needed it, yeah. I thought they did a really good job. You know, he definitely – explained a few things that maybe might not have been clear um like as like a narrator would be and i think it's awesome which i did not know until you said it that this was based on the book and the author of the book was also the narrator
1: yeah i thought that was pretty cool when i was when i was watching the credits i was like that's interesting the narrator was the author
0: and you know, and it's funny because I was gonna look up to see who was narrating because he had a familiar voice. But when I looked it up, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't, I don't know
1: who you, I don't know who you are.
0: <laughs> I don't know who you are. But it's awesome that they were able to have that tie in from like the person who wrote the book and and so now I'm I'm curious if the book had a lot of you know, in the same nonlinear, out of order, um like storyline as the movie did, because I think that's what for me what made the movie.
1: Also, you know what are the what are the other major differences between the book and the movie? Right. This would be one I would be interest. I would probably be interested to listen to the book, or listen to the audiobook or to read it in general.
0: I, I think you're right, especially if there are some differences between the two. But I, I think what we're saying, I think we're on the same page here. I mean, overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good.
1: It's movie. a great. It's a great film.
0: Great. Yeah, film. I, I thought the way that they told the story was very unique. And like we've seen movies that are out of order before, but like. The way that they did it seamlessly, like you were saying, and the way that they kind of like told you this story and this story. And, and at times I felt like, all right, we we're kind of crowded a little bit. There's a lot going on. But ultimately, it 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 slowly was coming together. Yeah. And so and then like you got reason for for getting 40 minutes of backstory to really tell the real story of it. And it was also, it's also it's a story about family and like yeah. gen- legacy and like yeah. how things that can happen in the past comes back and haunt you to almost be a benefit to your future. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is really uh, a good film to Netflix that put out and it, it kind of gives you that. It's not really a horror film. Not that, I'm not saying that it is, but it, you definitely get those creepy vibes that if you're looking for something a little bit, uh, I guess uh, not really a thrillery, but I guess, it, I guess if anything, it makes you feel uncomfortable at times like a,
1: like a very dark drama
0: yeah exactly a very very dark drama <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i i think we're both saying that we uh we definitely rec- recommend watching this film i oh, think definitely if you're looking for something a little bit weird and out there this would be a good one to follow um as well uh but Ernesto, i think that's all the show we have this week that's all we got all we got that's uh if you want more from us, as always, and as I mentioned earlier, you can go to our Instagram page at boxoffice underscore bingers. You'll get our fresh takes, our latest binges. You will get movie showdown Mondays. we we'll, uh, you know, recognizing the music behind the movie on Wednesdays, new to stream Fridays. It's all there on our Instagram page at boxoffice underscore bingers. Uh, and for that, we'll see you guys next week. I've been your host, Matt Diaz.
1: Been Ernesto Santos. See ya.